morning, afternoon, evening, whatever. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the second round of Tales of the Abyss uh, Retro Encounter podcast. Yay! Um, so I don't really know how to start these things. Mike, if you can give me a hand. <laughs> okay. Um, this is episode 81. You are our host, Stephanie Sabidlo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Third person hosting. We're going to host through Stephanie. Oh, man. No, no, no. I, I got the names covered at least. All right. So uh, we are joined today by Mike Ginkaga, Solosi Kun, and Alanda Fringes Bangs Hags, and uh, we'll be taking you through the second half of uh, Tales of the Abyss. Uh, we finished off last time at Sherry Hill. Wait, yeah. oh my God, why am I forgetting yeah, the name? Yeah, Sherry yeah, Hill. Yeah, you're right, right. Sherry Hill. Yeah, that's where all and, three of us uh, stopped. Mm-hmm. This is a very long game, so it did take us a bit of time to get through the rest of it, but we came to, I think, some pretty satisfying conclusions. It's um, a solid 40-hour game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shuri I'm Hills is, 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 is uh, less than the halfway point, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, actually. I think a lot of that is mainly just because how disgustingly long one of those dungeons is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think as well, um, like we were saying in the first episode, part the first half is like a whistle-stop tour of... Um, the world, and then the second half is literally going back everywhere a few times, re-establishing everything, and so much stuff happens. Yeah, you like it's quite the break-off point is literally the point where everything just goes like everything hits the fan kind of thing, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. I can't remember like this much stuff happening in a Tales game since a bit. It is like yeah. the only game that actually goes doubles down on this much story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, if you compare it to something like Symphonia or Eternia, I think there might be fewer places to visit in Abyss, but since you go back to almost all of them and explore each of them multiple times and get real deep into the world of this game, it has maybe more depth than breadth of world and setting than uh, than other Tales games, but it was really yeah. good. I, I, I don't know, the, la- the last time I was this invested in one was when I played Vesperia for the first time, and... Oh, yeah. uh, because uh, I worth uh, adding, like just mm-hmm. for all of our viewers, you are the one who came into this brand new. So Elena and I have played not, this, but you were the one who's not brand quite new brand it. new. I played like the, I played like the first five hours or so ten years ago, and then uh, and then Good dropped enough. it. Yeah, and then dropped it for something else. I think I think I was like uh, I hadn't even gotten to Axaria Youth yet because that that was the first thing I remembered like not recognizing. When I, when I feel I, it's a big milestone too. Like yes, it's a pretty it <laughs> slow burn up until that point, and then you finally go like, "What? What? What?" Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the stakes raise uh, considerably after that. And if I had gotten there, I dare say I might have continued further. But uh, so yeah, I'm I'm mostly new. I've played several tel- Tales games. I played like the first five hours, but this is my first full completion of it, and I liked it so much. It might not be the last time I play a Tales game. I, I was quite enchanted by Tales of the Abyss. Good. You can get yourself those uh, Power Ranger outfits for the second run. The, you ab- can. the, the Abyss Man outfits. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looked up the name. Yeah, I did. I, I, I looked up a gallery. Yeah, it's worth it as well. There's some uh, nice backstory. Right on. For a certain character as well. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and so. Hard. Um, so one thing, uh, that's pretty, pretty cool is that I'm pretty sure at one point of the second half of the game, the game is divided up into three chapters, but whatever, for the second half is that you basically go between towns for exposition, like, five times. Like, basically it's like town to town to town to town, small dungeon, town to town to town to town. Because I swear to God, yeah, it's just a pure story block. Most yeah, it, of it. It almost felt like a uh, like a Legend of Heroes game, 
yeah. which, are, which are like among mm-hmm. the best games ever for for world for world building and dialogue. And they mm-hmm. uh, and a bit, part of why Abyss I think rises above a lot of other Tales games is that it 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 takes the world building a little more seriously. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw to a level that it. they have literally never visited again. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I've I missed mean, I, it from all of the future ones. Yeah, because like every Tales game is gonna have funky made-up words for magic and and deep mythology of how magic works and different eighty different systems. types of phonon technologies. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, 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 uh, and they'll have a, a crazy way to explain how their steampunk magical tech works. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it'll be. Uh, but uh, Abyss is the one that um, I think the story is the most political. The story is the most. Uh, among the more character-driven ones, like uh, characters really grow and change, and uh, it respects its villains enough to give them a, to give them pretty important story roles. I I was really impressed with the character work and world building in, in Abyss. Really impressed. They seemed pretty real. Like a lot of the politics seemed pretty legit as far as like you know the stuff going on. Uh, but I, I do like that, you know, you take Peony pretty seriously as a king, he's pretty fun too, you know, and then you take <laughs> Engelbert, who's pretty a bit more a bit more serious, but, you know, you kind of get a lot of good backstory on him. And you get a lot of weird family ties, you know, so, I mean, you're not really the prince in this, you're the duke. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting just kind of how it shuffles its characters around and your yeah. role among them. If fate had stayed the same way, though, I suppose he would have been, he'd have been king, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, basically, If the yeah. score had been fulfilled, or he'd be dead, you uh, know? This was something I learned, like, I actually, um, like, I watched a Let's Play just for a few side quests that I, I kind of missed and just didn't have time for. Uh, yeah. But I, like, they actually even tell you why, like, Luke's dad's not even that close to him is because he knew that he was going to die because of the score. Like, it's just a whole mess of plot that goes on wow. in these side quests, too. Yeah, wow. so. Uh, I didn't know. But didn't then you get Luke's that. mom who's very, very doting and almost to a comical amount. There are so many. Uh, there are so many side quests where you go visit Luke's mom and she just gives you a crazy <laughs> sum of money or something to to complete the quest. They're like, that's too much. Oh, She's not yes. going to learn anything. <laughs> but, it's like, oh, okay. Here's significantly less. <laughs> here's like, you know, she gives you like ten thousand dollars. Like, that's too much. Like, okay, here's ten. If it, in, in a way, I mean, I hadn't made that connection that uh, th- that his dad was aware that he would die due to the score. I, I didn't encounter that in the game, although I'm sure it's. There just... are so many missable side quests that I'm sure it's buried somewhere that I just didn't find. There, yeah, these but are it, the things that that go on. It, but if you think about it, may, if his mother knew that too, and she she probably just spent every waking moment trying to get as close to her son as possible. Yeah. It, it makes yeah. it makes you know her giving you two hundred thousand gold for a side quest <laughs> makes a little a little tragic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's got to spend what little t- with what little time he has left, darling. Um, did you ever do the? Uh, so okay, so I think it's really cool that. Um, Ash, I think, officially joins your party three times. The first time is for the cavern, which is for a very brief spell. And it's actually just uh, after the whole, or around that whole Shuri Hill thing. Um, so one thing I like about that one is that it's cool because he joins you because your party has kind of left Luke behind. <laughs> They're not really interested in that one anymore. Mm-hmm, in yes. that Luke anymore. So they kind of hang out with Ash. Um, the, the sort of second time is very, very briefly at the end, but then you can also join him for a stupid side quest. Did you guys do that one? I don't think I, I did. I've done it before. I don't like it very much. I don't either, but it's just no. cool to kind of have Ash in again. Okay, so, yeah, so, definitely. So, so what happens here? Maybe um, I don't, maybe I could go back to an old save or, and do it, or maybe I could go... Cause I, 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 I was worried about locking stuff out. Cause... Well, what's cool, too, is because he gets his kind of fancy White Ranger outfit as far as the Power Rangers <laughs> thing goes. So All I actually right. thought that was really clever. So you have clever. to go and do it. 
He's the White <laughs> Ranger? That's weird. He, se- he seems like a sixth joining Ranger, so he should have been... Well, that's what it was. Yeah, he's like the sixth special Ranger, but his yeah. outfit's white, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Well, the, the White Ranger's been the extra Ranger a couple times. But whatever. But he, he should be... <laughs> he, it it should have been, like, been like silver or black or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. These podcasts apparently very on purpose. (laughs) These podcasts are also apparently the coming out of me as a Power Rangers fan, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. So what it is is uh, Luke's mom is sick, and you can get a special herb if you go to a very. It's basically a mushroom dungeon. It is kind of gross, and it's always the color purple and foggy and spory. It's a very difficult pain in the ass, intentionally pain in the ass dungeon to navigate, so but it's it, just, you get some more time with Ash, basically. So it's, it's the Orem Vale of dungeons in Tales of the Abyss. Got it. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Great. I would say that. But there's there actually a lot of extra content in the game, so I think that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. There are so many time side quests, and Did you also, do the yeah, are... C- Cecile and Frings thing? I, I, d- I did that. I did do that one. Yeah. That one I've, I like both of them together a lot. Yeah, was this cute. was my favorite side quest. It's they actually make favorite. fun of you for spending too much time with it, so I kind of like that at least they know. And Tales, yeah. Tales games have had um, matchmaking side quests like this since the beginning, because there's a... In, in, like, the second, <laughs> in like the second or third town of Tales of Fantasia, you can meet a young couple who's who, and the father of the boy opposes the relationship, and you can, you know... Play well, what's the what's the Austin novel? Um, play Emma Emma Woodhouse a little bit. Emma, yeah. yeah. Oh, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can you can choose the you can like advise them to stay together or break up and reconcile with his dad or not. And when you travel to the future in that game, you can find their descendants or not find their descendants depending on what happens. Oh yeah. Yeah, but That's it's so cool. actually done the relationship shit really really nicely. They do. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And like even uh, like Tales of Vesperia, where it didn't really have a committed couple, still played with its relationships incredibly well, and so did mm-hmm. Abyss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Abyss, especially for including a lot of NPCs into the mix. Oh, the Cecile and Frings quest is so sad. Yeah. I didn't do it this time around, but I've done it on both previous playthroughs, and I'd forgotten the bit where Aslan dies, uh, where he goes. So you don't know, if you don't do the side quest, it's really vague because he dies and he says, please keep her safe or protect her. And you just uh-huh. think, who's he talking about? And then when I replayed it, I suddenly remembered that entire arc and just thought, I need to go and rewatch oh. this because, um, if I remember rightly, well, Cecile was taken in by Kamlaska, wasn't she? So she's not Kamlaskan and owes kind of a debt to. Yeah, basically. Duke. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's um. She's a fallen noble, and she has to join the army to kind of regain her rank and everything. She's also related to Guy. Guy's father is her father's brother or something like that. Yeah, they, so yeah they're, 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 they're yeah, they're, oh, yeah I she's forgot about that. That's right. why he gets the outfit. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um I yeah, I really like that side quest just for kind of how clever it is. I think it something that I um forgot that I found quite irritating was some tell side quests is how long they take. Where you have yeah. to go back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth and like you have to wait twenty hours and then go back and do one thing. If you don't do that one thing, that entire quest is gone. And yeah, there, the Ant Man a... one is really bad too. It's one of those. The, the Ant Lion, yeah. Point, yeah. You get cut off. Any point where you could go to Casadonia and you don't, you're cut off. That's it. You get a really good item, but ugh, that There's cut a, off. There, Tales of has been, has been doing this for a long time. There's a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of event flags and breakpoints for lengthy mm-hmm. side quests that can length that can last the whole game. And yeah. going into this, assuming there would be stuff like this, I 
I asked <laughs> Steph before playing this if there was much missable content, and she said, yeah, there is some. Here, check this guide. And you pointed me to a non-spoiler side quest guide that had a list of... It was page, It was like a 60-page thing of just all of the yeah. side quests and when the different steps in each quest lock out. So I, I followed that to do the ant ma to the Antlion Man quest and the uh, Frings quest, but I didn't do all of them because there was just so many, and I was uh, and I was in a little bit of a rush to finish the game. Yeah. But uh, but like the richness and the depth of these side quests is really impressive. Like the the romance one is good. A lot There's of no bad good side rewards. quests in it for the most part. I, I like, really they're all pretty good. I really liked how the uh, um, guy finding all of the old uh, sword masters of his of his oh, former nation. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's in a way, it's him reconnecting with his past a little bit, but also getting a bunch of good sword techniques. And um, actually, a really good way of putting it. It reconnects him with his past because you know the whole yeah. Hod thing. Yeah, is just a pretty big cornerstone of the plot, and certainly a big part of his uh, his arc. Yeah, it works yeah, out it really well for him. I think he goes off to be a noble again. So he it does. Was, yeah. It was really impressive. Like the um, every side quest, you, almost all of them started in the first half and lasted a pretty long while and had sort of uh like narrative rewards and uh and tangible rewards it was it, it there's just good art jrpg <laughs> quest design yeah. quest design all over this game yeah it's it's honestly a cut above it really is so whenever people yeah. are looking for a story rpg i definitely definitely always say go play tales of the abyss you'll be playing a lot of story yeah. and i um, man, I, I never play, finished this game before now and uh, but i did play all of tales of legendia and now i'm looking <laughs> now i'm looking back at the times like why the hell was i playing tales of legendia <laughs> with its <laughs> with its terrible dungeons and uh. awful repeated second half when i could have been playing this instead <laughs> <laughs> And like even you know, the dungeons aren't the best, but at least the the uh, sort of Yulia trials are kind of interesting. Yeah, there's you only know, two. That were, no dungeon makes it stay too long, except for the radiation gate, I guess. The absorption gate. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> the the yeah. absorption gate was pretty rough, but I mean, yeah. I, I think that we had worse dungeons uh, a couple months ago when we played uh, Shadow Hearts Covenant. So definitely, <laughs> they're definitely fine there's none that particularly stand out as amazing i like the final dungeon for its simplicity and the design of it and blinking back to guy it's the whole coming back around it's you've really got pretty. the idea of <laughs> yeah you've got this whole image of hod building up for the entire game and then they re resurrect the replica version of hod in eldrin yeah. and so it's you're working your way inwards you're just thinking Oh my god! And then you get inside, and Jesus Christ! There's a is lot it of pretty... parts to it. That's what it. It's almost very like old school Final Fantasy to, that way. There's just a lot of parts to this dungeon worth taking in. Yeah. Uh, even like you, you can actually go see uh, Yulia's grave, and same with that. It's you just can. a really pretty sight. Yeah. And, and also the um like the final dungeon has story connections. It's not empty. Yeah. It's not. It's not empty <laughs> corridors in space with floating. You know, uh, with floating like like geometry all around you. There's you're you're learning about the characters even more and about the plot even more going yeah. through the final dungeon, and it's really impressive. I was trying to think of the last final dungeon that I'd played that had cutscenes to break it up and also still give you story, because usually the final dungeon, well, in Berseria's case particularly, it's just kind of like, oh, we're going to go in and fight the person, and then you just walk through a okay, three-hour well, dungeon. I, I'm, I'm going to cheat in saying this. For me, it was Persona 5, which I finished a few days ago. Okay. <laughs> Be because they, oh, yeah. They, they, they have Stuff happens in that final dungeon. But, but, oh, but, but you're right. It's not something you see that often. And uh, in Tales of the Abyss, I think that... 
I mean, most of the dungeons are very good RPG dungeons that don't feel too long. Because some, yeah. sometimes, I mean, the three of us have played through so many JRPG dungeons <laughs> over our lifetimes, I'm sure. But sometimes, like, around the three-quarters mark, you're ready for the dungeon to end. Yeah. And, yeah. and I didn't feel that way very much in this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Berseria was a bad example because it's an example of a final dungeon that I hate, which is basically just flying geom uh, geometric shapes in space. The dungeons so... in that game were just bad to begin with. I don't know how they exactly. didn't fix it. Because they didn't fix it from Exilia or even partially Graces a little bit, which wasn't as bad, but yeah. Um, two words for that battery dungeon. Oh, no. Hey, remember how you oh. hated the dungeons in the first half of Tales of Legendia? Let's run through every single one again. Yay. The worst part about that was that even if you had all the holy bottles, for whatever reason, the random encounter rate still meant you'd still get two battles for every holy bottle. Right, yeah. Wow. And, and of course I know that because I, yeah, that whole second half you play through and you're just like, ugh. So, yeah, see, I don't know why they went to the random bottle. It's just so much better when you can run into the enemies or carefully run away from them. Definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> off topic. Uh, one thing I did like about Tales of the Abyss, though, was given the hardware, they actually had a really great use of CGI cutscenes instead. Yeah. Um, so when, when they're actually could... illustrating what the Abyss looks like and how things are happening, <laughs> mm, it's a lot to take in when you don't know what's going on at first. But actually, like to see like even um, the Tartarus going down into the crust of the Earth or whatever, like it just looks interesting. I really like that. Also, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm gonna stay on the Persona Five train a little bit. It's, <laughs> Go it's, ahead. It's kind of cool no that, um, that that so many of the towns in Abyss are named after the uh, the the the, the uh, uh, not Kabbalah? biblical, yeah, 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 Kabbalah, yeah. yeah, the Kabbalah Sephiroth. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that until I was playing Persona Five and noticed that the, that the different floors of Mementos are also named after Sephiroth. Yeah. Did so, you? Was it when you got to Xerius and you just went? I know no, that. It, no, it was it was uh it was Kite Zool, which is the same yeah. as Kite Zor, which is Kite Zor in uh in in Abyss. And yeah, uh Kite and, Zool and then and, Yeah, and one of the last ones is Cliffoth in uh in Persona five. But the but uh yeah, so they they really um like making the different towns literal Sephiroth trees, like the trees of knowledge in the Kabbalah and they, basically they carry a, a vague Kabbalah metaphor that's not totally wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's whatever. It's yeah, just, it's another it's, little cool touch. It's a touch great thing. addition. No, and I remember thinking that while I was playing that too. Actually, I, I, I didn't quite piece it together as well as you did, where they literally just kind of put it as these towns floating above, unsupported by the Sephiroth. That's actually really clever. <laughs> uh, as it is, yeah, like in the Kabbalah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, some of the fights start to get really good at the end. Particularly, there's the three god general fight, which I always really, really, really like. Right. Oh, I love that. You mean the one on Mount Rhaenyl? I do. Yeah, I love that. That's probably one of my favorite bits. Um, yeah. That's... It's yeah, a fun I... battle system to merc. I definitely used Guy my entire run this time. <laughs> I switched between, yeah. Luke, between Luke and Guy like a boring person. I uh, when, when I when I was trying to do uh, some Colosseum fights for weapons, I ended up doing some solo work with the other characters but it, none of it was that fun other than jade um but <laughs> yeah guy but, yeah guy and luke are definitely comfortable um if, if, I, if I didn't rush a little bit playing this i probably would have put some more time into annis and tear but it but it didn't just it just didn't happen Oh, and this is a lot of fun. Natalia's okay. Tyr is just too boring. I can't do the mage thing. It wasn't I, until Tales of Graces I could do the mage thing. 
Yeah, Tales of Grace has made maging fun, and actually Berseria and all most of the CC battle systems you do maging really well, and the TP yeah. ones don't. Although Exilia is probably a bit of an outlier in that because Rowan is extremely fun to play as, and his gimmick is the greatest. Yeah, <laughs> his gimmick is amazing. Um, yeah, I both he conducts the with game. his sword like a baton. It's awesome. Beautiful. He does. Um, <laughs> I have played the game as Natalia for the most part, just because I wanted a bit of a challenge, but obviously where I powered through, uh, most of her skills are linked to side quests, so I only had like six Aww. arrow skills. Yeah, but she, I, she's actually quite easy arch to play as. I mean, I'm maybe used to it because I play on manual anyway, so I like kind of figuring out, oh wait, I'm not firing at the enemy, let's play around. She's got some nice variation in her. I feel a bit bad for her and Anis because... Maybe one criticism I can aim at Abyss is that there is a solid party that pretty much everybody will use, and that is Luke, Guy, Tear, and Jade, and that's yep. it. And you don't really need to touch Anis or Natalia. So I thought, I'm going to try and change it up and get rid of Luke and put Natalia in instead and play as her and have Guy with all the physical attack rather than all the agility and see where that goes. But um, I, I got rid yeah. of Jade this time around, which I don't like, because he's probably one of the most reliable ways to create uh, Field of Phonons. Oh, yeah, definitely. The most yeah. reliable. I, I, the, the, he was the person I had the hardest time keeping out of my party. Yeah. yeah. Then it just always helps when you get a win quote from him. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and also, um, um, you, I'm going to run it back a little bit, how we talked about how the side quests were so good and how they got deep into the different characters. Um, a lot of Tales games have a side quest where you get ultimate weapons or special weapons. And the one in this game with the uh, the Nebulim weapons, or Nephilim weapons? I, I, no, Nebulim, right? They changed Nebulim. them. So these are the devil arms, I yeah, think. Yeah. No, they're, they're usually called devil arms, but... Okay, Luke's is the called the, Luke's is called the Nebulim, and sometimes all of them are called Nebulim because it's confusing. But anyway, <laughs> it goes into Jade's past in a really interesting way, just in just this, in a recurring side quest where that has happened in multiple times, uh, multiple times in Tales games. I never finished that boss fight <laughs> because I got wrecked hard when I challenged her once, and then I just decided to leave her alone and beat the game. Oh, did you? The one thing I hated Nebulim. Yeah, it's weird, but I actually Oof. love using Annis for that fight. I don't know why. Wow. I yeah, don't know. I know. It just really works out well for for me. Annis, uh, but it was also really weird. Like when I was playing Chocobo Racing, I could only beat the final stage with the with the Chubby Chocobo. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm weird, I guess. Yeah, um, Annis is a really strange tank character because actually. She's um actually I suppose I can compare um, compare her to Alvin and Exilia and that they're both tanky but they have some really nice spinny link moves that you can do like really long fast hitting combos with so she has mm -hmm. like Dragon Surge and whatever the spinning one is I can't remember because I've only played as her like once or twice but she's nice as a tank character and she's also got the magic as well to break it up with so. She's a, she's unusual to play as. I just like Tokunaga, though. I think Tokunaga. At the very deserves... least, like they did actually make a pretty great balanced party between all six of them in that game. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. I think Definitely. actually Ash is probably the worst at that point, just because his skill set doesn't yeah. really favor anything, which sucks he's for the few times you do get him. It's like half Jade and half Luke, and it doesn't work it does, at all. Yeah, right. No. Like exactly. like a, like a less good version of Kratos or Zelos, maybe. Exactly, yeah. Because yep. I thought I would really enjoy playing as him because I main Kratos and Zelos and Symphonia, and I did not. Like, no. He he feels more like a traditional Tales swordsman than Guy or Luke because a lot of the of the classic Tales skills, like some go to Guy, some go to Luke, and uh, and and he so yeah he he feels more like Kratos or Zelos than the other ones do. But just it, the third or the second time you get him, because I I didn't do the one where you get him the third time, he feels like a less good version of one of them. 
Yeah, which just sucks for the few times that you get him because he's actually a really interesting character, and I'm definitely going to be bringing that up oh, again. No. <laughs> I should mention um, when Alana mentioned in the first episode we do we, that we did of this that uh, uh, Natalia is still sort of holding a torch for Ash. I didn't quite get it because mm-hmm. I, I had only seen the I had only seen the cavern stuff where I. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't exactly get all their relationship, but then it's abundantly clear. We'll 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 get into that <laughs> in, in, soon. In I'm gonna. Stuff, I'm actually yeah. gonna do like another cast cast call kind of thing, and we'll kind of go through it all because there's ca- a lot. To a say casting call. Them. Got it. A ca- nice. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Actually, yeah. You know, you know what to hell with it. Let's just get into it now. So oh let's talk about the characters, but this time I'm also gonna throw in some of the god generals into it too. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to okay. talk about the god generals. We got a bit more information about them this time. The first time they're just kind of like they're, they're in the way, but now we actually finally get what their deal is. Uh, so mm. first, heroes. Uh, let's we're gonna go in order roughly by when they join. So Tyr, what'd you guys think up until the end? Now that you know more about her, I guess. I I she's really like her. She's <laughs> yeah. great. She is. I think where she kind of just is become uh, something about her i really like her as a character and i like this kind of stoicism she walks around with and i like the kind of the I, I love when, uh, that she loves cute things like yeah. that's very me and yeah, i like that but I, 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 luke is uh reading the letters that he gets from everybody he's like this reads like a report you know? yeah i like, love that bit. Yeah. write a letter she, she, yeah she's just go on I, I, I'm with you. I like how stoic and sort of buttoned up she is, but whenever there's a thought bubble of her observing something being cute, it's what it it's a it's always a good humor moment that humanizes her a little bit. Yeah. And um exactly. and even though she's uh a, a little icy to to everyone, including Luke, um she's she's the one that was maybe the most steadfast to him because she was the one that stayed with him and, and sympathized with him the most after Exeriuth fell. Definitely. And uh, yeah. and and of course they hint at romance between her and Luke for a lot of the game. <laughs> they laid it on pretty thick at the end. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> One thing that's actually really cute is if you watch that, um, like you never have any reason to read the synopsis. I mean, the game already gives you way more than enough plot to deal with. Uh, but if you actually look at the one that happens after the, you know, final battle you know, hangout, night hangout, you actually basically yeah. hear a lot of uh, gushy ramblings from uh, Luke himself. <laughs> yeah, he's basically I, I like she I looked really, really one. pretty, and I wish I said something else and all that stuff. Yeah, it's That's nice because hidden, you do have a sense of how long Tales of the Abyss is with the, the length of the side quests, and also you do get dates and you also get periods of time. So I think the gap between part two and part three is about a month, and you do feel that there is some sort of relationship blossoming as you go along. So it's not like it's a JRPG that's happened in like a week and it's like, oh, let's get married, let's go. And definitely happens over time. Yeah. And it's like, I can't really pinpoint a moment. Yeah. Cause she really hated him for a while, it sounds. Yeah, definitely. And she's the Uh one who sort of knocks it all into him and just knocks him about a bit and goes, you know, stand up on your own two feet a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, to her credit, she totally went out and definitely did the thing she was meant to do was to kill her brother. And she did. Yeah. (laughs) She did it. Yeah. So I, so I do like some of the, the internal struggles she kind of deals with, you know, in that her body is kind of falling apart and, you know, her brother is being a big dick. And yeah, so she's got a lot of issues. She didn't, she didn't quite kill her brother enough, though, the first time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the only two other main thoughts I have about her is, one, she's probably one of the few chicks who actually look really good in brown. And two, uh, Mysterica <laughs> is still the worst name I've ever heard in my life. Okay, I'm not yep. going to... I'm gonna defend Mysteric as 0% of the time. But I, th- I think Brown's an underrated color. I wouldn't mind seeing more char- RPG characters in Brown. 
Um, yeah, she's, uh, they, really they, good. The, the guy in uh, in Zillia is uh, brown heavy. Alvin. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Al- Al- Alvin dresses in brown and looks good in it. Yeah. Like totally under Alvin. underrated color. Mm-hmm. It is. Who doesn't it suits like chocolate? Him. Alright. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so uh, next is Annis. Okay, if, oh. to- if you had told me at the beginning of the game that there was going to be a betrayal from one of these six main characters that, uh, that, that takes place in the second half and is a major, <laughs> and, and is a, it is a major plot point, I might have ranked Annis last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm literally well, just sitting here making a face. I was just waiting for reactions on this. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's, um... <laughs> But I, I don't. I think, um, I think the game pulled it off pretty well. Like they, it established why she may do that. It established uh, before it happened. It established where her loyalties were and and why she acted the way she did. So I, I that part didn't bother me. That twist felt earned. I just find her a little annoying in general. Like her <laughs> her her character traits of of hitting on dudes that seem like they have money and yeah. uh, <laughs> and um just and how she acted. She she acted you know like a child most of the time, but being like a bodyguard and special agent for the church are not things children should be doing. Yeah, just, one thing it, I like uh, is that they did set it up that she is a thirteen year old girl and her parents right. matter to her, as many yeah. a thirteen year olds I'm sure would keep their family close. Yeah, geez, how many like uh, uh, young teens or preteens in RPGs have we played where the parents are absent? No, the hers are actually alive. She's trying to keep them that way. Or, or maybe it's just a mom that's at home that you have to call periodically so you avoid getting homesick. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, Annis' betrayal is a bit strange. I one thing I, I like w- is that Jade is pretty keen. Like he's pretty well aware of it, and they're just and they even <laughs> almost make fun of how ridiculous she's being. So Jade, Jade just knows everything, though. He's just literally <laughs> walking around like I know what's happening here. Oh, Jade, what's wrong? Only if Jade had not been born. Yeah, if Jade had not been born, nothing would have happened in this game. Yeah, he does a lot of just explaining what is happening to everyone present. Also does Guy. Or or make Guy do it. Yeah, Guy does too, but I mean, I'm I'm not sure if... I I don't think he knows everything that's going on exactly, but he seems to instantly understand everything as it's happening. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, or if it suits him, or if it's just a good way to kind of sh- shove it all onto one character. <laughs> uh, but one thing I did like is that we're just going to segue right into Jade because we're done with Annis. Um, oh, no, I, I want to say something else about Annis. Oh, okay, go ahead. I want to have a whinge because I really don't like the way that the party deal with it at all, her betrayal. It really, yeah. really annoys me. It's just kind of like they get it. I love, I like the setup, it makes sense. I think her betrayal amongst Tails characters is probably my least favorite, or maybe second least favorite after someone in Hearts. But she's no Leon, that's for sure. She is no Leon, and she's no Alvin. Alvin is the equivalent of her obviousness, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, more they, they, poignant. They, yeah, okay. Spoilers for Tales of Exilia. Alvin, <laughs> but it's but so he, obvious. Yeah, it's so Alvin's obvious, and they, they and they even have yeah. like they even have cutscenes where like the uh, the the person infiltrating the party is off screen and you can't see who it is, but it's it's so obviously him from the beginning. Yeah, but, I uh, think his his is my favorite in the series, as well as maybe Zealous and. One thing I liked I'm is that, like, even though Alvin's was obvious, is that um, at least it was interesting. Like, he had a pretty oh, yeah. damn yeah, uh-huh. good reason for the things he did. Oh, yeah, no, and, uh, Alv- Alvin's a good character. I still find I'm, oh. I still find Annis annoying for many reasons, <laughs> even even though you can justify her betrayal. But yeah. her mystic art goes on it, way too long too. <laughs> yeah. I might be slightly unfair because I I do not prefer using children characters in in games with adults. 
Like if, no. if they're if they're all teenagers, then whatever. But when there's like obvious adult characters and then one character that's, that's... ten years younger than everyone else, it's like, oh man, get this guy out of my party, please. There's two adults, and also <laughs> but, there's but not like guy. Two guy stays in my who party. Are, like adults. <laughs> guy stays exactly. in my party. That guy leaves my party, please. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't like how the party just kind of accept it. So they're just kind of like, oh, we get why you did it. It's fine. Come on. It's like. No. Well, one thing I don't like is, yeah, like, so Luke destroyed Xerius and they gave him a real f- hard time yeah. about it, and rightfully mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And Anna's then... killed f- Ion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love at- death. I think Ion is a great NPC. Ion is excellent, and that entire scene, I cried my way through it. And every time, it's one of the scenes in the game that just kind of hits a note in me because Ion is such a really really well balanced character and a really nice character and yeah in a way in a way he's you... pure like yeah he is he is completely yeah, yeah. And... You know, he, he's willing to he's willing to you know kind of screw people over if it means the greater good and for the most part the game you know and its heroes are definitely about the greater good and ion's always game to join for that and so i like yeah. that he kind of tags along for a few of it for a bit quite a bit yeah. of it definitely we can talk about ion later yes please yeah i'd love to um so yeah so and it's Pretty good, not great. <laughs> um, Jade, Jade, I think we all love. I love Jade and the sense of history that you get with him. I love Jade as well and his backstory. I love He's the oldest character, and I think they do a lot with that. No, <laughs> thirty-five, and my back hurts. Like, thirty-five, really? yeah. <laughs> really? No, Jade is a really, really, really good character because he's there for comedic effect. But essentially, like you were saying, if Jade had never been born this game wouldn't exist because he invented Fomacry, he is basically, like, he is made Dis the way the Dist is. He's, you know, <laughs> I, I just love his stupid tirades with Dist. Um, oh, they are so one t- one-sided. Like, Dist thinks so... Dist thinks he is so cool, Him, he himself is so cool, and has this persona of, of like, Dist the Rose and thinks he's... You know, yeah, he he, 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 exactly. But but Jade treat him seriously, and I'm glad. (laughs) Jade shuts him down at every at every opportunity, and it is beautiful. Uh, Did they used to be friends, or did was like dis kind of the snotty kid who just kind of hung around them? I think friendly rivals. Yeah, I think they were friendly rivals where Jade was obviously more brilliant than Dist. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they had you know they were the two star students of with the same teacher and then I they just on his ways. own would have shined but because he was born around the same star as Jade it just never really worked <laughs> out for him it's just an accident <laughs> right. yeah he was he was the then... Salieri to Jade's Mozart <laughs> and then it was killing Professor Nebulum that drove De- Dist insane essentially so mm-hmm. Jade goes off to the Curtis family and Dist is uh, left to kind of go and one thing I do like and, is and the, despite... and the, uh, go ahead. Uh, despite how like troubled uh, Jade's history is, he really balanced out. Like he is probably one of the more level-headed people ever. Mm. <laughs> you know, like he like he, he's apparently known for having killed many many people, and certainly he's a war general, so he probably does kill a lot of people on the battlefield. But he is probably the most level-headed in the party. He's more aware of his crimes than anybody else, but he deals he's... with it in an. And I think he's sorry for it. And yeah, and I think he's always trying to make up for it. And he doesn't he's an adult, so he doesn't really dote on the on the drama of it all. He's just doing his thing to make it better. Yes. Yeah, he's I, already over it. I he's over agree. his teens. Yeah. Jake and Peony are excellent together. Oh, very same. good. I love, I love Peony's bedroom. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Peony's rap eggs. The one that's called <laughs> Jade. <laughs> I, I don't know if yeah, did you see that? Where it's like uh Peony has a whole bunch of pet pigs basically and uh his oh. room is a mess because i think he just keeps them all there um and they're all named after people in his life it's yeah kind of so weird but kind of cute you have, 
there's a side quest where you have to Peony's find them great. all. Yeah, it's great. You know, I think Jade is Jade is a fan favorite. He still yeah. like tops the character D- polls and yeah, he oh. he um he's a deserved. <laughs> I think he's a deserved fan favorite. He uh um. He, he came back for uh, Tales of Vazilias uh, as a secret, as a cameo boss, and they even got the same act- voice actor to come in again. And yeah, in the arena cameo boss, basically. I yeah, cool. A, I think it's Exilia Two, isn't it? Or is oh, it the I, first? I, I can remember. never. Keep, I can never keep straight who the, the different cameo bosses are because there's they bring the, back three or four for every new game, and they're yeah. pulled. They're pulled from everywhere in the city in in the city everywhere in the series. I would remember that it's Kles and Arche in Eternia, but beyond that, I can remember zero of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like he was a good choice for that. He's popular, and I just remember because of his Pac-Man belt. Actually, did you guys go to the Secret City? Yes, I love I've that Secret it. City. Yeah, you have to get the um, extra flight stone, don't you, for the Albior to do it, so... Yeah, they make it easy to access after that, but, it, like, Solosi, if you can, access that secret city if you, like, kind of th- retro I don't think gaming. I, d- I don't think I did, but... Okay. It's worth it's it. Like an, yeah. It's a fandom city, basically, <laughs> so it's got loads of Namco references on it. Oh, so, it. Um, so is, is it, it's, it's like, like, Nam- like, a, is like Namco Banda Isle, like that? Yeah. Yes, okay, it's so exactly it's, the okay, same sure. thing, yeah. Which is actually really cute because it's headed like you see the Darkwings do. Actually, you know what? We'll get into that soon. Okay, uh, guy, what do we think about guy? Best friend. Best friend. Uh, and best. how? Like he is the best f- guy. Okay, he's he, like at the wedding, he'd be the best man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Guy is the best example of the best friend character, and the like. He does the bro thing really well. So he's like. He's both a mentor and a friend, so he's not like just like, oh, Luke, it's fine. Like he'll go up and he'll slap Luke in the face if he's not happy with what he's done, and go, you need to grow up a minute. And then he's just like, I'm gonna help you, but just grow up, and I'll be there the whole way. So, Guy has got Guy has got my favorite backstory as well with Hod, and especially when you go to the Isle of Ferris for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that dungeon, and the music's really cool there. Um, I, I do wish they spent more time to hit Luke and him just kind of being chummy, the way you get, yeah. like, with Miklio and, uh, and Soraya, I guess. I think um, so as well, but they might not have been, I don't know. They, they focused more on the plot of it all and the overall picture. But um, one thing, so you do learn a big piece of backstory is that he was actually in cahoots with Van. Yeah. But it didn't work out, fortunately. Um, no, yeah, I so you, think... uh, go on. I particularly really like the scene in Yulia City where they're having the conference and Guy just goes, hang on a minute, I need to do something. And he literally draws his sword at Duke Farbury and he's like, are you kidding? Guy, like, you're supposed to be really nice. And it's like, something no, tells me doing... he was totally willing to talk, though, because he was actually really good about putting it away as soon as they kind of, yeah. you know, talked it out. Yeah, but in the moment, he couldn't believe what he was hearing, though, especially, yeah. especially yeah. As, a, as, as a survivor of HUD. Yeah. yeah, definitely. He was really angry, but he's beyond it now. And I think he says near the end of the game, I I've really flipped my lid part. that you could actually go to Hod, like the actual island. Yeah, well, the replica's good enough. And yeah, it's really yeah. horrible when you see his house. Like he spends like a couple of seconds going. No, like on the minute. world map, you can actually visit the old spot where Hod was. It's that nasty, yeah, you can. Yeah, dirty, thundery island, but yeah, it is right. there. It exists. Yeah. I thought that. And I, um, I was like, I, I thought huh? that. Uh, Exploring the replica HOD was maybe it was a really good choice to see that replica HOD because it put you know the the scope of Master Van's plan into into place. 
like some he, action. Yeah, he's like he wanted to replace the entire world with replicas like Luke and one and one of the ions. And you know, you hear that and you're like, uh, okay, whatever. That seems ridiculous. Oh wait, here's a replica of something we all assumed has was gone and didn't exist. So yeah. it actually well, made it somewhat feasible that his yeah, idea. It, it made the ideas idea seem feasible and gave you sort of a an, like like almost a preview of his grand plan. And mm-hmm. and with his plan seeming like seeming real made him seem like more of a threat. I thought it was I thought it was a really cool choice. Yeah, yeah. I think we all agree. Guy is just a great guy. Mm. Um, <laughs> I I think they kind of hinted at some romance between him and Natalia at the end. I don't know, but yes, I I am all in favor of this. I, I think really it's cute am. As far as like uh, Natalia has, I don't know. She's kind of got her whimsies about her, and she just kind of gets, you know, uh, you know, almost spirited away into romance kind of thing quite easily. I think yeah. that they're an interesting match because Guy Guy is a noble without a kingdom, and she is a princess who isn't actually a noble. And yeah. and sort of by yeah. by having those backgrounds, they are both extremely good at what they are. Like they like Guy's the most gentlemanly like great talker would be a ter- terrific noble and uh natalia is um is was a replacement princess basically but she's you know more beloved by the people than the actual ro- royal family because she cares about her ro- her position as princess and you remember that when they were escaping from uh from the castle like random townspeople were throwing themselves at guards to cover for natalia that was yeah. beautiful oh, that was yeah. horrible yeah, yeah that was so good. so um i i think and and uh, when you learn about the stuff with her and Largo, which I, I didn't quite understand at the beginning, but it became sort of obvious, and I'm surprised I did miss it when I when it was brought <laughs> out into the open. But uh, I, I thought her connection to Largo sort of worked, and she was a mostly likable character, but she has maybe the least present story role in the last third of the game or so, and she mostly walks around that, to give your party legitimacy. It's like it's like, yeah. so, like people will listen to you because Princess Natalia is, is with you. Uh, I've got a real sometimes. soft spot. I've got a real I... soft spot for Natalia, and I really like her. Um, she's probably she my puts, favorite. Uh, she puts female. her actions where her mouth is, so I I do like yeah. that she is yeah. indeed a really nice princess. She's not a bratty princess at all. She kind of has airs, but she's not a brat. Yes, she has yeah. airs. Like they could adjust her character a little bit and make her into a brat, but they never did that. No, no, and she's just polite the entire way through, and she's you know she's actually quite pleasant on screen. You can't feel, you can't really hate her. Yeah. No, she's not. She's not unlikable. I thought Annis was more annoying than Natalia by a long shot. But uh, uh, one thing I just like is that they actually do go pretty good at um you know at Ash remembering her and like their romance is really bittersweet in a way. I, I hate yeah. talking about video game romance, but I thought what they had was really sweet. What are you talking about? You're on an episode of about video game romance with Alana and huh. I. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so why is it you hate talking about it? Okay. She's uh, okay. Okay. Come, calm down, uh, Jade. I'm, I'm a super cool tomboy. Who doesn't want to reveal that side that I, I enjoy yeah. good romance. Okay. I, Whatever. I completely get you. <laughs> Whatever. I'm a super uncool nerd, and I like seeing some romance in RPGs on occasion. Ooh, okay. Hey. <laughs> um, okay. So, so last but not least, Luke. He changes. Um, I, I did think what you guys say. He becomes a lot more very typical, but it really is for the better. Yeah, uh, he becomes good... incredibly likable. Yeah, um, and, um, and I think his time to shine was definitely the Rem's Tower thing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. He had good moments there. Where it's like his, um, where he's sacrificing himself, and in the middle of thinking that he's gonna die, he's he doesn't want to, and he's doing it because he knows it's the right thing. 
it's really strange playing i think probably what most americans did uh, is play symphonia and then i believe abyss did legendia or abyss come out first i Uh, think abyss was before legendia i think you're right i think you're right um so you play through Symphonia with Lloyd, who is basically like, nobody should be born for the sake of dying. And then Luke goes through the entire last arc of the game going, why should I deserve to live? I should sacrifice myself. Yeah. It's a really strange like juxtaposition between the two games. But I get Luke. I get it. Because he spends so much of the game thinking he's so inferior. And then there's this one trigger moment where he survives the Tower of Rem and he just goes, no, I'm going to die. I don't want to die. I found why I want to live because his reason for living is just that he wants to live. There is no other thing for it. He doesn't have to have some justification for it, which is... Which was pretty big for a clone, right? That was his whole thing is that, well, Ash is back, so what am I here for? You know, why am I allowed to live the manor still? I'm not me. Yeah, His meaning for life was literally just to find that meaning. It was just to be his own person. And, and um, I mean, I mean, some characters have struggles like that, like, uh, I, you know, the sort of I don't deserve to live feeling. But with him, it's almost literal because he is literally a clone of someone who is not dead and uh, and the original resents him for existing. Yeah. And people and, and after he screws up at Xeriuth, it, it exacerbates all of it that he with the idea that he doesn't deserve to live. And well, I think it's great that he goes from not deserving to live to going to Rem Tower and saying how he doesn't want to die either. Yeah, no, yeah, and and, and with, when you take that feeling of not deser- of I don't deserve to live to that uh, that moment where he declares that he that he wants to live, and uh, I, I think you, when you add those, it it makes his um, his uh, his character change to a more traditional, more positive care uh, attitude person. A, a lot more impressive. <laughs> One thing I like is that, you know, I, I actually hated it too, that, you know, he, he still goes, Master Van. And then you got Mew, who's always like, Master. And Luke still treats Mew like shit, So I feel like nothing was learned. <laughs> Poor Mew. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit less abuse towards Mew towards the end less of the game. Less abuse. He still Mew... calls him a thing and still says Mew is very annoying. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I, I, think I think that's still felt the, by the audience. Yeah, there's less picking up Mew and throwing him down and, and just, <laughs> And just and just kicking him away, Bubble. but 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 still, <laughs> uh, I mean I mean I, what did Mew do? To, what did Mew do to deserve that man? He has like unlocked so many treasure chests for you with his smashing and fire and everything. Exactly, and his flying. He's so cute when he flies. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Mew's, a, Mew's a pretty good mascot character, and uh, they didn't they didn't overuse him. He could have gotten way more annoying. He doesn't God. beat Rolo. No, you know what? I'm I'm with Luke, man. I think he's terribly annoying. <laughs> oh, I quite like Mew. I think he gets more hate than he deserves. But then again, I most I like most of the mascots apart from the Norman in Zestiria and Bessaria. They do my head in, and oh, I I just Norman is an example of trying too hard. Exactly. Like, like oh, the yeah. cute hat and the big the big eyes and the cute phrases. No, I'm, I'm more of a repeat person. Just give me a dog that follows you around and you know, kind of does he's cool not, things. Yeah, okay, he's not as good as Repeat or Blanca or Koromaru or all those good RPG dogs. But mm-hmm. I, I I didn't think he was, you know, I don't think he negatively impacted the game by existing. No, that's no. true. 
<laughs> which I, which sometimes I feel like that about certain characters, but uh, and I, 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 I wasn't bothered by the monsters, so that was actually a bit of a po- bit of a bonus. Right. It was a nice mm-hmm. take on the on the sorcerer's ring idea, anyways. Yeah. Well, so that was pretty cool. I'm Team yeah. Rollo here. Team Rollo. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to ask. What game is Rollo from? From I can't uh, Zillia Two. Okay, that's Basically, why. Basically, he's I like the leader that. of all the cats, and you sent you do like cat <laughs> search parties and there's, yes. Wait, so there's he's like, like he's like he's like the king of all the cats in the city or something. It's a really big cat, yeah. And then you, yeah, and he's you do. <laughs> okay, that is pretty. Very cool. chubby kitty. <laughs> I all right. I did. Uh, I have not played Zillia Two. I uh, so I was I had no idea who Rolo was and Alana's mentioned him a couple times over the past couple episodes, so but I, I just stayed quiet until now. But that, all right, Rolo seems okay. Rolo seems yeah. okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that one's not bad. Um, so in the end, we we like Luke. Yes, Luke is an okay guy. I'm so who, who came play... back at the end? <laughs> who came back? Was it Luke or was it Ash or was it Lash? Oh, uh, I, I you know okay. I thought. I thought it was Luke because when he raises, when he's climbing out, he uses his left hand, and Luke is left-handed, and Ash is right-handed. Oh, I yes. did not notice that. But yeah. um, but, but when I, when I was trying to figure out the ending, because I didn't, I, I didn't exactly understand what happened. I did some looking around, and I, and I saw the Lash theory, where they had, you know, they had become one person. I, I think that's a possibility. Well, I think that was more of a possibility because towards the end of the game, the very end of the game, when Ash dies. Luke already uh, takes on his power of hyper-resonance, so I wouldn't put it past One thing that really together. screws it up, though, is that you see Ash's body twitch. You do, so... You see it twitch for just a small second, but my, my big theory is that at the end of the game, I can't see Luke, I can't see Luke wa- Lash walking past Tyr, Tyr who's crying, and just go to Natalia. It's like, oh, it's you. It's like, ah, I, I just can't see that happening. So my theory is that it's more Luke. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's more Luke, but I think it's Lash, but I think it's more Luke Lash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, that would also make sense that if he, that he's left-handed that, uh, let, maybe Luke's in control or may, maybe Ash is in his head. Like when, uh, like That's when, true. The sword like is when, on the left side, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and when Luke was inside oh. Ash's head, the first time Ash joins your party, maybe Maybe it's Luke, but he has Ash's memories, or, mm-hmm. or and can rem- finally remember his past, or something. This is sort of a little off topic. One thing I like is that they kept Lorelai without a physical body. I like the Tales games love giving their summon spirits a, a face, and this time mm-hmm. they did not. It was just a red, weird cloud with a strange voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was expecting a you know a a cartoon monster with some, some with the, beautiful with... anime man. That's yeah. what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was expecting some kind of unusual monster but with large eyes and a sing-song voice and uh, oh. we, didn't, we didn't get any of that <laughs> i thought of a handsome man and you thought of some sort of epic monster <laughs> well i mean i, I mean th- think about like what uh of what like gnome and ifrit are right yeah, okay okay I, that's fair thinking more along the lines of maxwell <laughs> yeah we had three Just... very different interpretations of lorelei <laughs> which is what makes it really cool if, if anything i was <laughs> exactly. i was inclined to think woman more than man if anything was it yeah, a man's face yeah, I guess it yeah, was, it but, 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 but like before the reveal, if I, if I, not knowing anything going in, I mean, well, especially, since, especially since, I mean, as someone who has seen most of Gilmore Girls, I'm aware that Lorelai is a woman's name. Is it, yeah. a, is it like a, a girl and guy name? It, Maybe it's it? unisex. It must uh, be. I mean, I'm used to it with women because of uh, uh, the Elite Four member in Pokemon Red and Blue. Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. She uses ice so Pokemon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay, so... so I, uh, we will never know, I guess. 
Pokemon Gilmore Boys version and Pokemon Gilmore Girls version. <laughs> I'd, I'd play well, that. I just assumed it was male because I think we everybody have would Yulia. play it because of what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think just because we had Yulia, I assumed that it was male. So I thought if mm. there was a female figure in history, there would be a male deity or equivalent, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, okay. you only see Lorelai, Lorelai, Yulia very briefly as well. I think you see her in one cut Just scene. in the beginning. Yeah, just, yeah, just at the very beginning. Part. So. Um, yeah, so, and she was really pretty too. So, you know, you can see where Tyr gets it from generations and generations. Van, and does, generations. Van does not get it from her. No, I hate the way Van looks though, man. It just oh. is, uh, anyways, we'll get to that. Okay, so, uh, the god generals. I have started with the Dist. Hey. <laughs> I so think... Weird. I, I like Dist a lot. For he's comic like the teen effect. angst of Ion. Oh yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm going to get my revenge journal out and whine about things and things. I, I like him like completely. He hates it all. Like he's like basically yeah. Luke gone awry. He just hates life. He wants to snuff it out. He doesn't find a point to any of it. He's just completely lashing out. Yeah, yeah, he's totally a slimy little git as well, where he's mm. basically working between Moe's and the God Generals and Van. Yeah. all times and then he's doing it because he wants to bring back Thomacry and he wants to resurrect Professor Nebulim which is the whole Abyss Replica Factory that's where that comes from that's his dungeon he's replicated the four of the six god generals and Professor Nebulim so there's that at least but yeah I think story wise he probably gets the least input along with Arietta, I would say, in terms yeah, of Yeah, Arietta was barely present that when she came back I had forgotten about her. <laughs> I'd forgotten I'd forgotten about her because I'd forgotten that she'd fallen down the ravine with Largo and uh, Lagretta. But mm. yeah. I hardly find Arietta still appealing. Maybe it's just the voice or just her role and you know, just I, I do like that uh you know, <laughs> why she was switched over to a god general instead of staying with Ion. Like there's actually reasons for it. Yeah, and her yeah. Um, um, her and her, and her oh, return is impact not... her return is impactful. I don't think I don't think she's bad. I just had because she was gone for so long in like the middle third of the game that I had I had literally forgotten about her. Mm-hmm. I think like Dist Arietta's more tied up with the character than the plot, so I feel Arietta's... like a lot of them are actually like <laughs> Yeah, no, no the, yeah. The, the god generals correspond one to one with your playable characters. They do, but Guy and Sink don't really align much at all. Guy is just well, the exactly. first person to realize that Sink is a copy of the original Ion. And, like and number Sink, six um, or something. Sink had oh. his, his glyph on Guy and was using them to control to uh, control Guy or mess with his emotions for part of the beginning of the game. Yeah. One to one is the... still a stretch though. I like yeah. they're still. connected, but I don't think they're one to one. I, all of the others have had past dealings with them, shall I say? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think you can say that definitely. I just think that Arietta was kind of there because she thought she's that she's young Annis... though, but like kind of like Annis though, like she's kind of uh, you know operating on a kind of more about <laughs> me level. When she declares to have a duel to the death with I Annis, love that. Like, just, it's just like <laughs> right. two thirteen-year-old girls like I'm gonna slap you. Like, okay. No, no, it's I not hate death. you. Yeah. I hate, I you, hate now. you now. We're so gonna fight much. to the death. <laughs> I even much, love the yeah. way like Annis is reading of that gloomietta. Like just the way she says it is just divine, yeah. very childlike. She feels very sorry for her at the end of the day. I think yeah. Arius is probably my least favorite god general, just because. I think the same thing with Annis and Mike's issue with Annis is that I don't really like young teen <laughs> yeah. child characters and she's just really annoying like, oh, you killed mommy. I'm going to make you pay. Yeah, like, it was really? it was weird it. the way she said mommy. Mommy? 
Like, really? Yeah. Um, she is from Ferris, isn't she? So she was born on the Isle of Ferris, and when it was right. destroyed, yeah. she was saved by some ligers. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then she got to talk to Monster. Yeah. She fits that, that in. She weird... fits whatever niche. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no, I, I didn't resent her presence. I don't think she should have been cut from the game necessarily. But I. No. Yeah. Whatever. She's she's not the best. It's kind of like Moe's, like, at the end of the day, he's just kind of another foil. Or it's like, you know, Arietta does a good job. Probably even more than that, but oddly more enjoyable, and we'll just segue into that, is Dist. Did we already talk about Dist? A little bit, but okay, one thing I want to say right. is that I'm just glad that despite the amount of times you fight him, despite the amount of times he gets shot off like Team Rocket does, hmm. uh, he never actually dies. He he, he freezes <laughs> a little bit to death. He almost freezes half to death. <laughs> Uh, Jay does some sort of weird uh, voodoo on him, I guess. And uh, it almost feels like Dist should be like the main villain of some other game, but mm-hmm. uh, but but you know, like aside all these other people, he's he's almost comic relief and just and and can you get. I love watching Jade shut him down all the time. Yeah, and he, and, uh, he's really and, well as comic relief, and I'm glad they don't really yeah. make him a serious villain because he can't be at that point. Yeah, you need yeah. something. Yeah, they can like, make him with that personality, but with his background, I think they could have made him a uh, a serious villain because you know, totally. you know, mad scientist, this uh, connected past with Jade, the the Professor Nebulin thing. I, I think in an alternate universe, he's like the main villain of the game. <laughs> he's the final. He's the final boss. In if some they played him straight, universe. he could have been very, very interesting. Yeah, as a yeah. foil, especially yeah. to Jade, who is as serious to the plot as he is. But yeah. they they totally just went the other way and just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made him just a waste, a good just, waste actually. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I, as someone who loves ridiculous things, I like Dist a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So Largo. Yeah. I thought yeah. he was going to be the most boring one, and he kind of yeah. maybe he is he the most is. boring one. But his, but I think his his connection to Natalia and his grudge are both real, and that make him that those things make him more interesting. Yeah. yeah. He's your typical lone warrior of the group and is just kind of like the honorable warrior as well. Kind of like, don't they beg play him over really my dead straight, body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, his and connection so with his, Natalia. Yeah. And his connection with Natalia, is, it kind of works for him. He, he's already buried it in the past. Exactly. So yeah. it does work. It brings a little bit more out of him. But do you find it funny that yeah. they make fun of Natalia for being blonde, you know, and and her, her royal parents aren't, whereas Largo's the exact same? Well, I mean, exactly. I, 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 we, we have to assume that the mother was blonde, but but it was sort of the funny. Blondest, it's like, yeah. It, it's like, she had a good, she had like, good blonde jeans in her. <laughs> of course, you're not the princess. The, like, princes and princesses always have black hair, and you're you know, always have red hair, and your dad and your yeah. mom has black hair. It was, that uh, whatever. It, it was the milkman came around. <laughs> she died it. It yeah. was a, a slightly Game of Thronesian, you know. Very, I did like very it though. Important attention to hair color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I do like that uh, Natalia does have this aspect of her past that really, you know, that kind of really throws a, a wedge into things. It's interesting. It's definitely more typical than, or less typical than, I don't know, other games do princess plots. I yeah, want to be free. Every, every main character in the game has a has a very troubled past in some way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Luke's lack of. Yeah, right. Um, okay, Legretta. Meh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, she's liked here, and it's just she fought even for more. love, and that just kind of really ruined it. That killed it for me. Like the minute yeah. I figured out that she loved Van, I think it was at the absorption gate. I'm just like the hair. Really? Yeah. It wasn't oh, I... the absorption gate. It was when you go. Oh, it's go when you go back to the gate, and they find Van. They resurrect him again, and it's just like really. 
Like, she could have been so much cooler, I think, because she's a gunslinger. Like, that's immediate cause for excellence. I don't know. There's something I like about gunslingers. If you do, of course, a side quest, you get to find out there's a bit more meat to it, but not much. Basically, the score had predicted that her battalion or something like that was going to be wiped out, so she was kind of lashing out against that. But in the end, she's doing it all for Van because she loves Van. Exactly. Yeah, I remember that side quest. Um... Yeah, I mean, she's cool. She's a cool character. She's cool to look at and cool to fight. And she dies, you're just like, ah, all right. All right, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah, that bit really (laughs) bugged me. Yeah. Um, uh, Okay, so how do we feel about... (laughs) We're already over that. (laughs) Uh, I liked her outfit. That's about it. Um, Van. Let's talk about Van. We're skipping one. We're skipping one. We're not skipping it. We're skipping. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you're doing. We're saving the best for last. Come on. Of course you are. I'm so surprised you agree with me. So, so we're talking about Van. Yeah, I think Van is a good villain. He's one of the more evil villains in Tales in the Tales universe. Moses probably very good, well-intentioned extremist, as the trope goes. Yeah, yeah. A a, a villain that you can identify with a little bit, or at least understand their plot a little bit, is is better than one that's evil for the sake of being evil. Yes. um, And I didn't. I didn't quite work either. Yeah, I I didn't quite understand why he was collapsing, uh, uh, collapsing the different uh, the different pillars in the first half of the game. But then, and I think I mentioned that in the previous podcast. But uh, like shortly after the stopping point we had is is when we figure out why he was doing that. But, oh, was it exactly? Yeah. Actually, I might have missed it. Was um, it because it would go against the score? Or? No, it was. Uh, oh shoot. It have <laughs> to do with like getting phonons together or killing people. It, it was like in order to rebuild all of it, they had to break it. They had to yeah, break all of it break first. It. Yeah, okay. he wanted to just break the crust basically in one go because if he let it all yeah. fall into the cliff off, the miasma would kill everybody and the mm-hmm. world would sink into the mud. So, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's why he did it. I mean, I think he is a good. In- he's got good intention, extremist. He's probably closer to someone like Yggdrasil and Symphonia um, rather than, say, Duke in Vesperia, who's not a villain at all. And that's yeah. a stupid thing. I love Duke. <laughs> But that's stupid. Um, I, I think he's. I think but, he might be comparable to Douse in Tales of Fantasia, because yeah, he's definitely the, closer to the evil Douse. Well, Douse is even well, sympathetic as well. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you when, when you understand what his plot is and why he's doing it, then you sympathize with him. But one the, thing I think would have helped more. The evil actions he does are extremely evil and indefensible. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, one so thing that I think would have helped. Agreed. Uh, I think it would have helped way more if they showed just how badly people do cling to the score. They've mentioned it a few times that people will look to it for like what to if, like. If you for, ask like, around, like if you ask ar- around, especially uh, especially NPCs. like especially like yeah, if you just talk, talk to NPCs in Doth or in the major mm-hmm. cities, it's it, it's it's there how people cling to the score. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. part of the reason that the entire uh, that that side quest we mentioned earlier, part of the reason why Frings is easily falls in love with uh with cecilia wait no is it cecile 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 sorry. well part of the reason why he falls in love with her is because uh this like the circumstances of him meeting of meeting the the love of his life were dic- dictated in the score yeah so like it it hangs over everyone and people that feel betrayed by the score or feel wronged by the score probably hate it that much more for it including van and the Loretta. Fa- 
the fact that you get people trying to get back into war just because they want to fulfill it is yeah, also geez, yeah like the, you kind of get that it's like this is madness you people realize yeah. right yeah man like that's more moses doing though mm-hmm. isn't it i think yep. and especially I actually, yeah the, and yeah, I actually do like that the Cecilian Frings actually does take you on a side quest to do a ceasefire after that. Oh, <laughs> right. yeah, it does. Yeah, so, like, again, that's just, like, little bits of plot that are just absolutely everywhere in that stupid game. Maybe Van just annoys me because I just don't believe that he's 28 years old and, um... <laughs> Dude, you know, I just... nuts too. It's a very strong voice, but it just sounds like, What's wrong, Luke? Yeah, exactly. He looks closer to 48 than 28. Oh, God, he definitely yeah. does. I mean... I do like his he's... final battle look, though. That, that hair down. Oh is, yeah, he should have been he's... the entire time. He's got some good <laughs> final boss music as well, so yeah. I will let him have that. Um, it was written by the Bump of Chicken Dude too, I think. Like the final yeah. themes were all done by the Bump of Chicken Dude. It was just they're just different versions of um, Karma. Also, yeah. Because Mirrors is as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, musical motifs are um, present in the game. It's it's maybe not as, as flawless as like a. Uh, as, as like you know like like riffs repeating in in a persona four or five but it's yeah the, the, the final boss sound song was really really good and the, and the music seems better than average for a tales game in abyss <laughs> yeah on the most part of it yeah I, I, um, I, I never want to go back to sheridan again <laughs> <laughs> that's such a typical first village music though isn't it oh god oh uh, wait sheridan i thought you were talking about they're the both engaged matter yeah they're both pretty. They're both really pitchy. Let's just put it that way. Uh, yeah. Um. Van's a good villain. I. He's not my favorite. Tales wise. So I think Duke he's is. He's not. But I still. I actually feel like God generals. I like them a lot. They're not my favorite, but I still like them a lot, and they work as a really good foil. As a group, yeah, they're a really yeah. nice collective. Them as a group work really, really well, and yeah. certainly because they're thrust into a story that really helps, you know, kind of push it along real good too. Yeah, which is funny because Tales games are usually the other way around, where the villains kind of help the pretty lame story. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, so, you know, let's get to it best for last. Um, Ash. Oh, see, you are skipping one still. <laughs> what did I skip? Sink. No, we talked about him. We did this twice. Did we? I think I just yeah. talked about this twice. I think I meant Sink. <laughs> we can talk about sync when we talk about ion alana what do you have to say about sync ah so sync is my favorite for a strange reason because i feel like a lot of people don't like sync because he's a little bit of a whingy teenager i guess so he's like oh i'm not ion i've been put in a pile i was gonna be thrown into the mount zalejo volcano so i will kind of rebel um but i like the ion copy thing because i didn't realize it the fir- I, I kind of half picked up on it the first playthrough i did i, I realized i realized that i realized that before realizing the largo and natalia connection which is maybe sad <laughs> they weren't yeah. really they weren't that good about that one i think he just kind of asks her what her name is and just kind of gets taken back a bit but they don't really talk about it so you kind of forget about it yeah i think that maybe one was, I was good maybe the i respect one was way too soon yeah i think so and i think maybe i like disc because He's probably the hardest one to fight because he's so quick and he's such a yeah. pain in the backside. But... Or in, in the, the last time you fight him, that is. Um, I The hardest one you fight him in is probably the what, the first time with Largo. Because you're kind of like, oh. which one oh, do oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lar- Largo and Sync is a unusually tricky po- uh, boss fight at that point in the yeah. game. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like his design. I like his kind of purpose. And I like the fact that he basically... 
ironically becomes a kind of ion when they're going around as the new order of Lorelei before they decide that Mose is going to become the phone master. <laughs> so he's like the fake preacher. But least, yeah, I least like... inspired replacement possible. Exactly, but I think that's quite ironic. I think I wonder whether he did it deliberately or whether it was just kind of, yeah. But I like Sink a lot. I just, yeah. And I like his connections with Ion because I like Ion a lot as well. So maybe it falls hand in hand with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, but like, you know, even going back to Ion though, like, it, like they serve as almost a perfect kind of opposite to each other where Ion does have so much purpose. In fact, he dies for his purpose. And his last reading of the score is what helps them out in the, in the last part of the game. You know, so, yeah, you know, whereas, you know, I think just kind of wants to end it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, best for last, I decided to say, well, personally for me anyways, I saved the best for last, and in which case, I think Ash is probably my favorite god general. Um, what do we think about Ash? I'm gonna let Mike go first, because I want to be controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, his circumstances are a little crazy. (laughs) So his (laughs) his attitude kind of makes sense? Yeah, I think his, uh, well, um... I mean, you you can't. I won't say it's justified exactly, but his attitude mm-hmm. does make sense. Sure, it's like uh, it must be weird when you look at yourself like that. It is not your twin. It is literally you. Yeah, it's like um, yeah. Hey, we had this guy replace your cushy life so you could live a, so you could live a hard life because of some grand plan that is way above your head. It's yeah. Th- that's kind of terrible. And him, and and him resenting Luke and being angry at at basically everyone is I. I I think is not not so bad, but one thing I like is that Luke never seems to measure up. If Luke's trying right. his best, he doesn't care. If Luke's if Luke is really down on himself, he thinks he's pathetic. So he just doesn't see that part of himself in there. You know, so yeah, so Ash is probably easily the most traumatic to me, just because I like that he is supposed to be the hero in his own story, and he's not. He is literally left out. And he's doing his own thing, which is great and really interesting, but he was supposed to be the hero, and instead it's Luke and everybody else who actually carry it on. That's that's usually how I see it. Yeah. I think... you know, and he does do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Like, like basically, right when you meet him, he's already betrayed Ven, and he's doing his own plot, which is actually, he's actually a good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He acts like a bad guy because he's always just so unrelentingly mean, but he and he's always on off on his own. But he's actually, you know, just as good as you guys are. Definitely, he's. I see now. I reassess it a little bit. I I don't like Ash as much as many people do. I like. <laughs> I think his attitude really grates on me. His kind of. That's fair. <laughs> he just. I completely get that he. I think it's like Mike was saying essentially that. Yeah, I'm not going to justify some of the things that he says or does. And it's kind of the things that he says or does to Luke that really wind me up. Because how far do you want to, like, I totally get that Luke has completely stolen his life, but he's not done it intentionally. And maybe someone tries to put him back, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think as well, maybe something that irritates me about Luke is the fact that Luke has to justify it by saying, oh, I shouldn't have stolen this from you. I'm a replica. I'm inferior to you. And then that just drives Ash more insane. I think Ash is like the most overly dumb trope, like overworn (laughs) Sundare trope ever. Like ridiculously kind of like, I'm a nice person, but I'm going to be horrible all the time Mm -hmm. and and like, be 
his role in the story is far from typical, but I'll admit his personality is definitely something we've seen billions of times. But almost like overdone. I think maybe that's why it grates on me because he's just such a grumpy little sod all the time that I just (laughs) said it even better with your accent. I won't lie. (laughs) But um, yeah, I see he does do a lot of good things, and it's nice when when he's actually talking to Luke normally. It's mm-hmm. fine. I like him. And I like him when he's with Natalia. And I like the bit where Luke takes uh, Ash back to see his parents. And Ash is freaking out. And then everyone leaves the room. And he just almost goes back into being the Luke from seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So there are flashes of like really nice character in there. But I think, and despite everything that he does really well, he kind of grates on me. And maybe, I think that's just personal preference. Because... I think it's just an attitude thing. I just don't really like. I don't. I. I. Yeah. I completely. I think I know. Because <laughs> I think he's completely. He's not justified. But it's like if you had your entire life ripped away from you, how would you react? And basically, that's the thing. Abused. I love. I love to think about the game from Ash's perspective. Where and especially yeah. by the time you get to Eldrunt, you finally fight him, and you, the hero, lose. You, in fact, even end up dead. At exactly. The end of it. Yeah, and I don't think I... there's anything more tragic than you and your buddies, you know, your clone and his buddies going off to save the day and you get left behind to kind of do the last heroic deed. I'm definitely not saying I dislike him because I do really like him. But I think that his just I just his attitude annoys me and nah, I, I get it. And I like the bit in Eldrin. I think Eldrin is the real come up, comeuppance and it kind of rewards you for wading through all of the kind of grottiness that he expels out onto Luke so it's a nice end for him well it's a nice end for his arc but it's horrible as well because that bit mate it's really sad (laughs) so yeah so I I totally get why you don't like him and that's totally fair I never really liked him as a character I do like that apparently he's actually kind of dumb sometimes yes kind of a fun quirk that that he's a little bit dumb (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes a lot of weird mistakes um but um yeah no I, I think he's a pretty great tragic hero and so like you know whoever comes back in the end i mean it's all to me it's all pretty good yeah yeah <laughs> just being a bit controversial or no 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 no, I like no, no, no no we, we need some tails hot takes unless yeah yeah no, it wouldn't I've be interesting missed... if we uh, all had the same opinion Exactly. We should just no, do an entire I... episode of unpopular opinions. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said, well, um, you'd okay, be fine. So, um, how does Tales of the Abyss rank overall for you guys? Oh boy. Uh, what's a what's a good grade to give it, and what's a star value, a letter grade, a huh? a medal? Okay. Um, <laughs> it is thirty-seven stars out of an undetermined number. Mm-hmm. And it is a, uh, I, don't, I think it's in, I think it's in my top three now. My top three is Fantasia, Abyss, and Vesperia in some order now. In in mm. an, an undetermined order, yeah. So, I, but I I really really liked this game, especially since I had become a little tales jaded because I played like the first few hours of Graces and Zillia and uh, and Zesteria and didn't love any all of them. Didn't really wasn't into all of it. Do graces but, just for the endgame content. It's so much fun. I might yet revisit those. And uh, but I I, th- I think that Abyss is significantly better than Symphonia or Legendia, which are its you know year contemporaries. And 
about as good as the, my favorite Tales games. So I, I, I'm very positive on this game. Good. Lana? Um, I, I will say now, I would not recommend playing Graces. Only play it if you're going to have fun with it. Oh, <laughs> Literally, yeah, I, just for the gameplay. It's, yeah. That's all it's worth to me. And the FR gameplay is really fun, but it does not need to exist. I love Richard, but why does that arc exist? why <laughs> it does so many wrong oh anyway Man, um, we, we, yeah. this is a tales of the abyss episode we're talking about legendia and graces and zillion oh, too inspired enough to actually say that so i gotta i gotta give her a pass on that yeah, maybe, we should just we... do, maybe we should just do a repeat of our favorite final fantasy episode and determine the best tales game that way oh i'm gonna go down in a blaze then because <laughs> i have yeah so i Abyss is in my top three. It's top three or four now because my four are... Originally, my top three were Exilia as my favourite, which is always really strange to explain to people because it does do away with so much and so much of it is brown and linear. But I just had the click with the characters that... Um, I don't know. Repeat of Zillia really did that for me, that there's a lot more than meets the eye on that game. Exactly. So there's a lot. I think they missed out a lot in the game. So Abyss does lore really well in-game. Exilia does lore really good outside of the game. Exilia 2 undoes a little bit of its greatness, unfortunately. So... um, so it's the Final Fantasy like, X-2. For what it's worth, though, like Zillia 2, I like the character quest more the most, because at least it actually fleshed out what was already there, and it actually did somewhat make it more a interesting. Co- a couple of them, yeah. I don't like what they did to Gaius and Muse to a degree, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's different. So yeah, my top four are Exilia, Abyss, Vesperia, and Basaria. So okay, I'll, I'll, I'll add a. I was a good go. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think just naming all of all these things and just hoping our fans know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Abyss and Exilia kind of swap between one and two for me because whereas I probably prefer the character slightly in Exilia and the battle system in Exilia and it's you really probably get a different a flavor easy. with each game and certainly Abyss yeah. being the only game in the series that has as fleshed out a story as it does is hard yes. to rank because of it. Yeah, exactly. So Abyss has got the story. It's got a really nice, morally corrupt set of characters. And it does everything so well. So out of... I think if you're going to recommend one Tales game to everybody, I think Abyss is the best one because everyone criticises the series for being the fast food kind of nice characters, fun gameplay, don't really pay attention to much of the story. But Abyss is the one entry that you can probably go, look, this is the whole package kind of thing. It's the only one that you could probably safely give to most RPG fans who've never played Tales and go, this is the best one you should play because Mm -hmm. it's got the whole package. So Abyss is always ranked really highly. And I remember before it came out in Europe, I got really excited. I followed it from its American release in 2006 and waited. Oh, I remember for- smelling the box as I came home. I was just so excited <laughs> to finally be playing it. And I read the instruction book like a billion times yeah. on the way so, home. Yeah, so it came out in America in 2006 and I had to wait till 2012 to get my hands on it because we didn't get the PS2 version. So I remember getting really excited when it got announced and it was the one game that I got really excited for and it didn't disappoint me at all. So. It's really good because it's a Tales game that makes me think. I think it's the only Tales game that makes me think as well. Like, Berseria might have the next best story, but 
I it does it's not a story that's going to make you think. It's more of a kind of this is what we're doing. But yeah, yeah, it's an eventful um, it's an eventful tale. Whereas you know yeah. this kind of throws in a lot of quandaries into it about you know the environment, the politics, the you know you know it's, religious it's, elements to it. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Abyss comes with high recommendations, so I think it's probably the most accessible if you can get past the... The battle systems probably age the least out of, like... You can have the most fun with it if you know how to merc free run, at least. Yeah, exactly. And at least you can have some good fun there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, The free run, I think, puts the combat... In Abyss, miles ahead of Symphonia, even though they're it's oh, yeah. basically it's even though it's almost exactly the same if you remove free run, but yeah. uh, I'm I'm basically in agreement. Um, uh, Abyss is a very accessible Tales game. the The battle system has its issues with, you know, we you know with uh, uh with resource management and targeting and a couple other things that are done better in later games. But the, but it's functional at least. It does. I don't think it gets in the way of having fun with the story. And the story is really more interesting than just about any ta- any tales story, for all the reasons you said. It's even though it's linear, it has the most fleshed out world of any tales game, and the the mystical and political and religious elements are all there. The char- there's a, a large cast of characters that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, it comes highly recommended. I think I think. Vesperia would be my clear favorite if its final act was better, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and, but yep. and and, uh, and Yuri is probably my favorite Tales protagonist. Oh but, yeah, but not I, hard. Yeah, He's, but in, yeah. in the story and characters department, uh, this is a really really excellent PS2 slash 3DS RPG. Yeah, and at the very least, the handheld one remedies a lot of the uh, loading time issues with the PS2 version. Uh, so as far right. as a handheld RPG goes, I think this is a real easy recommendation. Yeah, geez, both Dragon Quest VIII yeah. and Tales of the Abyss got way better in their 3DS versions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't make me rebuy that. Uh, except they got rid of Super Saiyan uh, Dragon Quest. What? The Super Saiyan oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. thing. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, when you go when the main character goes high tension, they they removed that uh, that character yeah. model, I think. Oh, that's <laughs> fine. I can, I can deal with that. I thought it was a fun, fun uh, Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I guess that wraps up Tales of the Abyss. Uh, hopefully we do another Tales game. A lot of people, like a lot of, especially our fans, seem to really resonate with uh, the Tales series. And who can blame them? It's a very fun series. For the most part, it does not have a very easy dud among them. Maybe Dysteria, but it's a topic for another day. Um, I, think, I think the original version of Destiny is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm uh, whatever, yeah. I have... Uh, I might just be a jerk that doesn't like that. Games could be forgotten if they just released the PlayStation 2 version. Yeah, oh my god. That, yeah, really. The director's cut of Tales of Destiny looks so good. But they'll never do it, and I don't uh, know why. I hope to God, Buddha, Satan, whoever's listening, please release it on Steam. Yeah, they take, away, they take away some of the good plot points, but. I, I don't know a lot about Destiny. It's That's the thing, though. Like, I feel because back then, they didn't really have to animate cutscenes for every single scene. They just wrote stuff in a text box. They didn't. They could have way more time for exposition. And I think that's what really worked for Abyss. Nothing really happens in these in a lot of the game cutscenes, even though it has such a good story. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of it's just exposition. But like, I feel now, because you have to animate, like, you know, the characters moving, get a good camera angle, you know, kind of move them in. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean video games, a lot of the time, are all text and very little subtext. Be, because that um, it's not as easy to hide subtext in a video game when when a lot when a lot of the time, especially in older games, all you really have are those text boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, 
Oh, you got three for three. We all recommend Tales of the Abyss. Um, what What's the next game retro is, is uh, covering? Right, okay. Next week we have a couple episodes about Darksiders, which is the uh, PS3, Xbox, uh, Xbox 360, PC, Zelda-ish game that I, <laughs> I have not played, but um, Peter Treisenberg is a big fan of it, and he's hosting those episodes. Can you give us a teaser? Are you enjoying it? I'm not on it. Oh. No. oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> no, <laughs> when none of us are on it. No, none like of us are on it. I've, I've been on like 20 episodes in a row. I had to get the hell off. This is like me and Mike having a break. We're yeah. Like, well, we're not going to be on for a month. Oh, thank goodness. Well, good way to end off on Tales of the Abyss then, which is just like <laughs> plot, 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 plot. Um, might be back for June. <laughs> not telling you I, Okay, I, I will be back for June because that's a... Uh, um, Good game. Well, okay, I'm not sure you know which one we're talking about, but um, because uh, the main, oh, yeah, 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 you're. I think you might be thinking of the July game because the July. What Jul- is it? The July game is still a secret, but the June game is Dragon Quest V, and I am playing that with a couple other RPG f- uh, fan people right now. I'm in yeah, the very, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in the very beginning still, but I'll I'll finish it in time for the podcast recording. I can't promise you I'll play it, but I promise I'll listen to the podcast. Oh, that's sweet um, of you. Um, so if you guys have any questions, comments, hey, even recommend us a title, email us at retro at rpgfan.com if you are listening to us from the site we're also on Twitter at rpgfancom and we're also on Facebook uh, rpgfancom as well Uh, so wherever you're listening in from join us on on any of the other social media, we actually post differently depending what you're tuning in on Uh, please, uh, sorry uh, I post a lot of cool weird stuff on Twitter just because it's easier that way and um comment comment on our boards if you're not there we have amazing forums we have a lot of people great great people using them uh it's how i was discovered but i still applied um and review us on itunes um and also too i'm still doing uh tales of symphonia slash tales of stephonia on every wednesday yeah (laughs) thank you so 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 much for tuning in and i hope you had as much of a good time talking about it as we enjoyed geeking out about it Bye. See ya.